0: Salmon eat fish, so we feed them fish. And Where do we get that basically, Exactly, so we <laughs> get that fish from from the ocean. So you're basically still contributing what? to overfishing because you have to feed them so much fish to, to get them to the right size. It's all the kinds of fish that we could eat ourselves.
1: So there you heard part two of the conversation I had with Rebecca Daniels from Marine Diaries for the second part of our Oceans Today podcast about sustainable fishing. Uh, Last week, it just got so long and we just kept talking that I had to split the episode into two. So this is the second part. We chat about all things illegal fishing, how fisheries have to meet quotas, the bycatch and how some report it and some don't. Uh, We also talk about the walking shark, which was recently discovered, along with um, the dangers and benefits of eating Farmed fish versus wild fish, and all about sustainable fishing methods at the very end. So, if you're interested in still eating fish, listen to the very end. If you want to learn about why you shouldn't eat fish, this is a great episode for you. As always, check me out on oceanpancake.com where you can help support the fight for. Every day there's a new, new story about the crisis facing our ocean, whether it's the plastic issue, overfishing, pollution. If the oceans die, we die. Fortunately, we have plenty of environmental activists, marine conservationists, and eco-warriors who are out there every day fighting to protect our oceans and our earth. On the Ocean Pancake Podcast, we're going to be hearing from some of them about how to decrease our environmental footprint, go plastic-free, participate in ocean conservation, cleanups, and even maybe some marine science. So welcome to the Ocean Pancake Podcast, where the goal is sustainability and living a turquoise life. My name is Kat Andriy and I'm your host today. Let's get into this week's episode. Continuing on um, in terms of why the fishing kind of industry is mostly unsustainable of course or eating fish is unsustainable is because unfortunately a lot of it is unregulated so I was reading somewhere where quite a scary amount of the fish that ends up in our legal functioning markets is actually caught illegally so could you kind of shed some light on why this happens?
0: Yeah well so basically how much of the planet the oceans cover mm-hmm. and how much kind of jurisdiction that countries have over their oceans, uh, which is usually something around uh, 12 nautical miles around mm-hmm. their coastline.
1: So um, no, not much.
0: No, not much. Um, and then you know you might also have some control over your continental. So in the UK, um, you know, we can fish in the North Sea, but also kind of Scandinavian countries can as well. Um, but in the high seas, which is where kind of no country really has any jurisdiction at all, mm-hmm. it's kind of a tragedy of the commons kind of scenario where yeah. um, every, everyone's there, everyone wants as much as they can get, and it just causes absolute chaos. Um, I was doing some reading around this, and I think there, there has been kind of And regulate it a little bit. Um, so if you're fishing um, in international waters, uh, mm-hmm. you're meant to be able to um, sign up to the regional fishy, fisheries management organizations, um, which is basically made up of um, nations that surround the high seas. Um, but if you think about how vast the high seas are and yeah. how much effort and money it would cost to kind of police and enforce any kind mm-hmm. of regulation um that that's the issue really um so most of the regulations are through things like imports um which is where the things where um quotas come in um which is so like when a fisheries a a fish fishing boat kind of comes into port they have to say we have you know x number of this type of fish or this this weight of this type of fish um and then that's recorded
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um and generally if you're over quota you'll be fined um or something like that which is kind of why we touched upon earlier like there's so much bycatch and people throw stuff away um some countries um you have to declare your bycatch um so that's good because it means that we can kind of track it um but it doesn't necessarily mean that they still have to keep it <laughs> um
1: yeah
0: yeah so it's there there are regulations but they're all quite different um and somehow people still kind of manage to fish quite illegally so um in one example um when i was doing my master's degree uh we did a field trip um to wakatobi national park in indonesia mm-hmm. obviously it's a national park you would think that there would only be kind of subsistence fishing because there are. People people who live there who need to fish and eat um but you would regularly see kind of like a a foreign fishing boat come in and like put a big net out catch loads of fish and then leave and it's just like oh well this is a national park so yeah what are you doing how is that happening but like because like there's no enforcement or Mm
1: -hmm. you
0: might also have kind of designations um even around the UK you we have all these, you know, marine protected areas, but you can still trawl fish in them, or you can still, you know, dig dig a a well for an oil, like an oil field. Um, It's just insane. They kind of designate
1: these areas, but there's not really that much
0: stopping anyone from doing
1: anything in them. Yeah, because the ocean is just so big, and there's just not enough money as well to you know, to make sure that the rules are being followed. Um, Yeah, exactly. One of the big things that like Sea Shepherd tries to do and kind of tries to enforce these international laws um, out in the open seas and the high seas um, to various level of um, success. But yeah, it's just, it's heartbreaking to see even, even like inland fishing here around Australia, like I hate to say it, but some of my friends that I know personally, you know, like, get more than their quota of fish and just hide it in their boat. Oh, God. I know. And it's just like, we need on, to guys. tell them. Kat. Can tell them all. <laughs> I, I try. I'm like, well, you know, there is a there are limits for a reason. And like, Australia is one of those great countries where their limits work quite well. And we do see a very, Thriving kind of um, biodiversity here, and it's, it's honestly some of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Like, you know, that shark which was discovered with the walking feet or something um, quite recently? Apparently, a new species. Uh, I might not have seen that. Well, it was, it was on the news like a month ago that this weird kind of I don't know how to describe it it kind of looked like a mix between a wobby gong and like a snake. Um, (laughs) uh, that was kind of walked. I don't know. I swear I saw it over here. Oh, I've just just Googled it. It's so untouched that I, like me and my friend, we were looking at this creature. We're like, what is that? I've never seen anything like it, but I swear it was that. So Australia does have very healthy things, but even in countries such as this, which are very heavily regulated, I mean, we have had the rangers come onto our boat and like measure all our fish, Um, and everything just to double check that the people on board who were fishing were sticking to the limits but even in those cases like they just get a second esky and hide it in a different part of the boat like not not Mm. our boat of course but like I've heard from my friends that that's what they do or that's what their friends do or that's what their cousins do so it's just like even in places where people are very well educated and they understand you know the consequences or why these rules are in place they're still broken so it's kind of no surprise that out in the high sea when there's no one there to watch you you're going to just kind of do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to get that money. um you can watch you can watch videos of yeah.
1: Sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that. that's what you wrote. I don't know if you mentioned it but that uh, the illegal catch and trade of fish is worth 23.5 billion dollars annually. Yeah. Which is just it's crazy. insane. For, for context, I think the Great Barrier Reef brings in something like $6 billion in terms of tourism and everything per year. So this Gosh. is significantly more than that.
0: Yeah, um, and I think, I think one of the problems as well is that people don't really ask where stuff comes from. Oh, no, they so, don't. So, you know, you, you go and you buy fish from, I mean, in the UK we have Tesco's and you see it comes from, I don't know, Spain and you think oh that's cool like comes from Spain that should be fine and then that's it (laughs) but you there's no there's not really many um kind of like full tracks back to exactly where it was fished um there is something called um Um, the marine stewardship council Mm -hmm. um which is um meant to kind of be an environmental standard for um, sustainable and well-managed fisheries. And they supposedly do track fish from boat to um, supermarket. Um, but I have seen a bit of like backlash from uh, other people against these. Um, I don't really know the ins, out, ins and outs of it, but there's kind of some feeling that they're not really helping. Um, but I don't know if you know anything about that.
1: No, but I, I know in Australia here, we also have the, like this fish came from here or this meat came from here. The other day, we also have like how much of the product is made in Australia because Australians are very proud of Australian made stuff. And I was looking at the <laughs> pork because I occasionally go and look at the meat just to kind of see what's happening, you know, because um, I'm curious, like, is all the meat organic? Is it locally sourced? Like, where are they bringing the meat from? because uh, a lot of my mm-hmm. friends are very proud to say that they only eat Australian beef or whatever, but the pork, so the the bacon, I found this fascinating, the bacon is 55% Australian. So, w- like, what does that mean?
0: <laughs> okay. As in literally on the packet, it says that.
1: Yeah, like, on the, it's not, it, it's in the mm-hmm. deli section, like, it just, you know, all of the things have, like, you know, the beef is, like, 100% Australian, they're very proud of that, but the the pork is 55 per- like what does that mean does this mean like,
0: di- does that mean like different slices are from different
1: places and i don't know together, or like or did they like bring the pig halfway through its life to australia <laughs> and finish feeding it here like i don't understand so like all these things also make me very like suspicious i'm like who who decides this stuff you know what i mean and like the, the thing like you you're saying ask. the fish is from spain i don't think that no honestly like the workers there are very happy to just
0: oh I, th- I think you need to ask someone slightly higher up
1: <laughs> yeah probably yeah i just like what do you mean i got to take a photo of it cuz i'll add it to the show notes cuz i just found that funny the same thing yeah, like this fish too. comes from spain like does it actually come from like spain or is it a spanish vessel coming from like no man's land
0: you know yeah or did it come from a chinese shipping uh shipping fishing vessel and then get brought to spain yeah So did it even come from Spanish waters?
1: Exactly. Was it just
0: packaged in
1: Spain? (laughs) Yeah, like what does this mean? (laughs) So many questions. (laughs) Um I have a lot of friends though who tell me, because I bring it up sometimes, like, hey guys, like don't buy fish in shops. Um, I have I have a good friend Fiona, and she I mean, anytime she goes into a house and she opens a cupboard and sees canned tuna, she like loses her mind. I think she's a very calm and loving person but as soon as she sees cantuna, tuna she just loses it she's like you can't why it's 2020 or 2019 like how can you still <laughs> be buying cantuna? tuna um and there's a lot of my friends who you know are into conservation sustainability and they'll be like don't worry about it i only buy fish fish farmed food um fish farmed fish is that how you say it um, yeah I'd say so <laughs> fish fish farmed fish so could you kind of enlighten us a little bit more about what fish farming is and is it a better solution to wild caught
0: so um fish farming basically is um it can be marine and it can also be freshwater Um but mm-hmm. basically they put kind of like a big cylindrical tube um into some body of water whether that's the ocean or a very big river um and they kind of put all of the fish in there um usually they're kind of um bred in captivity as well so they'll get all of the the eggs and they'll fertilize them and then they'll have like the fish fry and they'll feed them loads um until they basically become like adult fish that they can then just take out and um kill basically to be sold um so basically in terms of this happening in marine ecosystems um they tend to be quite close to the shore um just for accessibility Mm -hmm. um reasons um and that kind of causes a lot of issues because if you think about If you think about things like how we farm um, animals on land, um, and you think about battery battery hens, um, chickens uh, that are really really kept really close close together they have really low like health um the, the meat uh, or the eggs is actually not as good quality and um, you probably have to give them loads of antibi- antibiotics you mm-hmm. have to feed them um they poo everywhere um some of them yep. like get diseases and that spreads like wildfire because they're also close together all of those issues also happen in fish farms um so if you think about the fact that a fish farmers in open water if you put food in there some of it's gonna dissipate into the surrounding mm-hmm. environment if you put antibiotics in there something's gonna kind of spread out to the surrounding environment if there's a disease in there that's gonna spread out that all of the their poo is gonna come out of that net and go somewhere either onto the benthic environment directly below where that stationary net is or mm-hmm uh you know it will spread out in the water column so basically (laughs) they're not incredible um and the main thing really that is the problem with farmed fish is um so what what kind of um farmed fish do your friends eat like what uh species of fish
1: i think mostly people um go for salmon in terms of fish farms because they're like we know wild caught salmon is not sustainable or there is like a severely declining population
0: yeah exactly so they're mainly these kind of like big predatory fish
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the problem with that is that you have to feed them a lot salmon eat fish so we feed them fish and where do we get that fish? Basically, exactly so we <laughs> get that fish from from the ocean so you're basically still contributing what? To overfishing, because you have to feed them so much fish to, to get them to the right size it's all the kinds of fish that we could eat ourselves, basically things like sardines, anchovies, mackerel, krill, herring um, they get caught to feed these salmon they get they get ground up into something um, called fmfo which is like fish meal and fish oil, uh, which is like really really kind of high high protein high fats and stuff like that which allows all these fish to grow really big about a fifth of the world's uh total catch of like wild fish is processed into this fmfo um sorry, so it's quite sorry, a lot that we.
1: How much? yeah one fifth oh wow oh so so, okay. so it's kind of similar to like factory farming of like cows or anything like a lot of the soy and a lot of um plants are grown just to feed, like corn, a lot of that is grown just to feed cows exactly. and then feed humans. Exactly. The so
0: it, the whole argument of you should, we should feed ourselves from lower down the food chain. Mm-hmm. Um, cause by eating the things like further up the food chain, you're, you're just having more of an impact because you could just eat the stuff that's slightly lower down. Um, but there, there are, there are kind of developments, um, that are trying to make fish farming um more sustainable. So um there's been a lot of research done into kind of um replacing a lot of the fish in FMFO with things like um seaweeds, mm-hmm. um which I'm not sure how far this has got yet. I think there are some on the market that um have, you know, a certain percentage is from seaweed, um, which is great, but it would be good to have something that, that is you know either hundred percent not from other fish but i don't really think that that's possible considering the fact that things like salmon need they need these nutrients that like to grow so i think the best thing to do is not eat them um but there are also other places um i was doing some research the other day for like a colleague and she was asking me, so I, you know, I buy my fish from this fish shop and on their website, it says that like their fish is really good, sustainable. They have like, everything comes from day boats. So it's just caught in one day. They bring it back. It's really fresh. Um, and they said they have like really sustainable fish farmed fish. And I was like, hmm, I don't know <laughs> if I believe this. And I was like, I'm going to do some digging door. Um, and, they were actually being truthful which is very surprising and nice Um, and they basically have sourced their fish from um, the Faroe Islands Mm -hmm. and there's um, this place uh, called Hidden Fjord I think I said that right Um, but basically the place that they've put it in works incredibly because because it's such um, like fast-moving water um they don't have to add any kind of antibiotics hormones all of the waste that comes from this fish is like moved so quickly that um like it doesn't doesn't impact the benthic environment um and they change the location of the kind of nets or lots mm-hmm. um every so often and they let one go like fallow uh, so similar to kind of rotating fields and letting okay. the ecosystem like underneath um, these fishnets kind of um, recover. Um, And then because of the speed of the currents, um, they basically get really, really really nice salmon because they're having to swim against all of these um, currents and are building up all of their muscles. Um, And to be honest, it's one of the most sustainable methods I've seen. Um, You can read all about it. They're quite like, um, transparent in how everything works and um, so I can send you the link but it was honestly incredible like I am a massive skeptic when it comes to people greenwashing about stuff um, yeah. and I was impressed so I'm sure you would be as well
1: how much more does the fish cost I'm just curious because I feel like a lot of people would be like oh that sounds great then they'd see the price tag and be like never mind I'm just gonna buy this unsustainable option <laughs> Do you know
0: what? I don't, I don't know, but I'm sure it's more. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, I can look it up and we can put it in the, in the show notes, but, um, I don't know if it's that much more. I mean, fish is quite expensive anyway. Yeah, it is. Um, so if you're going to be buying it, you might as well just pay a little bit more. Um, or eat it less and then you can pay more because
1: you'll be having it less (laughs) yeah yeah that's always a good solution eat less Um, exactly no I've I've also read about a lot a lot of companies who are trying to make fish farming more sustainable by as you said like moving um, moving the nets more uh, and just making sure what they're fed is not antibiotic filled and all all of that. So, do you think there's like a movement towards sustainability in a lot of these industries because people are noticing what's, um, you know, what's happening? But in a way, it just feels like a bit of like a bandage solution, you know, where the people mm. who are rich enough and educated enough to make these choices will be buying that fish, but then a lot of the world um, will still be you know buying the cheaper options of the fish which are not sustainable and the demand for fish is just growing every single year i mean it is the protein that most people rely on in the world it, how, how much is it like 2 billion people like
0: something like that yeah something
1: insane uh for like almost daily protein like uh and that's also the crazy thing a lot of like poorer countries now can't afford to even buy the fish from their own seas because of the increasing prices i don't know it just i think we should go back to the days where we eat meat like once a week (laughs) (laughs) have it as the sunday tradition or whatever because like we don't need it that much and it's just it's um so that's kind of my um uh, eat it don't eat it or then eat it once a week as one of the options for making fishing more sustainable do we have yeah other kind of solutions that people can do or what can be done?
0: Yeah, so um, there are kind of um, few measures that governments have kind of put in. Um, so quotas is one that we touched upon, um, which is basically um, like setting a maximum amount that that uh, fish boats can kind of come in. Um, And there's certain types of quotas where you can trade them. Um, It's a bit like carbon credits, like it allows you to fish like a certain amount. Um, You can lend or loan that quota, you can sell it on for a price, Um, or you can kind of just like buy loads of them and then be able to fish loads of them. Um, But as we said, like before, they kind of need to really incorporate a lot of biology um, to make them really uh effective um another thing is these things called no take zones um so they're kind of implemented usually in like marine protected areas Mm um and it basically kind of gives um a specific area there's just like a ban on fishing um or it could be a ban on fishing one type of species it could just be a blanket ban Um, and basically it's sometimes around like spawning grounds or breeding grounds, um, which just protects that kind of like vital life history um, kind of time. Um, but as well, like they've kind of shown that these no take zones have a really um, important like overspill kind of effect. Um, mm-hmm. So where all those fish um, are kind of recovering and thriving, there'll be, Um, an excess that will then kind of move into the wider environment Um, so that's really like beneficial because it it will help um, fishermen because they'll you know be able to catch a bit more um and also it will just help kind of repopulate the surrounding environment um but there are issues with this so there's a lot of um no-take zones where fishermen will just literally sit on the edge yeah of the on no take edge. Zone, and then just fish and it's like great because obviously fish like fish stocks are dynamic like you can set up a no take zone but it's yeah. not it, it needs to change like it's never gonna it can't just stay static for years and years and years because you might find that there's no fish in there just because they've moved away yeah um and the thing kind of um Timing of fishing. Um so obviously if you're going to be fishing during the spawning season, that's really bad because you're catching all of these fish that are literally just about to kind of like start off the new population. Um and if you don't let them reproduce, like you're gonna have a problem. Um same thing with kind of like nursery times. Um so there's something called zero group fish, um, which are basically fish in their first year of life. Um and it's really important that those kind of groups of fish get protected Um, and they usually kind of are found in different locations to what the adult fish might be found in. Um, So it's again going back to like understanding and knowing the biology, knowing where they're found, knowing how long their different kind of life stages take um, and things like that. Two, another thing is kind of like removal of subsidies. A lot of governments kind of subsidize fisheries especially deep sea because they have to spend so much money um on fuel getting to the you know the high seas and the deep ocean that it's heavily subsidized and when i was doing my reading for this there was basically someone had done the maths and figured out that if they weren't subsidized like they would be just losing so much money if an industry loses money it's not going to do that thing anymore so if you cut the subsidies like you're going to cut the fishing um so that's one and then there's kind of you know changing the way that we fish yep so I don't know if you've heard of like turtle excluded devices
1: is that on the like uh more modern version of trawling nets or something
0: yeah so they're basically these um kind of a little latch I guess um in certain types of nets where if you catch a turtle, it would be able to swim into that section and then escape. Um, how does it know that...
1: where to go? Like, how does it- Yeah,
0: I'm, just... I'm not really sure either, but I think <laughs> I think the idea is that as it's being pulled through the water, it gets pushed to that section. Good question, I don't really know, but I think that they do work to an extent. So they, they did see that they were effective and they were catching less turtles, so that's good. And you can also change things like the size of the holes in the net um to make sure you're only catching like adult fish and not uh, okay. younger fish or not fish that are over a certain size like um, and things like that. And there are some sustainable fishing methods, which you know you use one of them, um, which is spear fishing, and another one which is quite common and kind of um, quite small. I guess local fisheries is something called gleaning and um, don't know if you've heard of that?
1: No, I haven't
0: so this is basically it's quite common I think in in Indonesia especially, where usually women will go out and kind of look through like rock pools and um, seagrass when the tide is low, um, and they will just pick up everything they see, so like octopus fish, um, crabs, whatever, and they'll just put that all in a bucket and they will then either sell or use all of that fish.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's there's polar line, which is a lot of kind of I think tuna um caught with pollen line, um, which basically is similar to um just normal recreational fishing, but they're obviously like targeting a certain species um and selling it, but it's a lot less you catch a lot less in the same amount of time as if you were using a big net. Oh yeah. And then the last one is basically like cast net fishing um which is also again a a small um kind of subsistence fishing type uh method where you literally kind of
1: throw the
0: uh, net out um but you
1: can still catch quite a lot a lot of these sorry for all of that (laughs) a lot of these though in a way just they kind of touch upon people who live on coastal areas if you know what i mean like If you are inland somewhere and you want to buy some fish, like it's not going to say on the, you know, sign at Tesco or whatever, like this, this fish was caught with a turtle excluder device. You know what I mean? Like, how do we know like what's good fish? I know there's some apps which are meant to show you the most sustainable fish, which have like the fastest life cycle, therefore have a chance of reproducing more. Um, Or like here, I have an agreement with my partner, the only like meat we have in the house is fish that he catches himself. So like we, we have the luxury of doing that, you know, we can go out onto the ocean and he can catch his own fish. But you know, if you're living somewhere else, like how can people who still want to eat fish eat more sustainably? You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. So one of the main things that I would look at is something called um, the good fish guide, which is from Marine Conservation Society. Mm-hmm. um and they do a really really good kind of um traffic light system where um you can type in a species so say you're like really really interested in or you just love i don't know trout or something like that and it will kind of give you an estimate of like how sustainable it is it will give you um extra information about like so if it's caught by this method it's better If it's caught by this method it's worse um and that i think is a really good starting point for kind of knowing what what species are kind of okay to eat um and what you should maybe avoid and it also gives you kind of things like um you can replace salmon with x species Mm -hmm. um or you can replace like cod with a different type of white fish that is like not so overfished um and things like that so that that's a really really good tool that if you don't really know about kind of
1: fisheries than uh, you can use yeah I've, I've heard of that um, website so that's a good one again we'll include that in the show notes um, I did find it really interesting when I was at university that a lot of my peers studying marine biology would eat a lot of fish and it just always confused me um, is is it like new news is it relatively like I don't know how to how to you know say that like did we not know how overfished the oceans were? Or, like, how come so many people within the industry still eat fish? Or how come it's only kind of coming up to the surface now?
0: Um, you know, I don't really know, because I feel like it's one of those things. It's the same with, you know, climate change and plastics and stuff. Like, people, you know, we've known about it, but it hasn't really, like, there hasn't been a big kind of public
1: Mm-hmm
0: push towards like oh my god this is so terrible we should do something about it and then that kind of pushes governments to to do something um so yeah I don't know I mean I personally ate fish before my uh, marine biology degree I still eat it occasionally but a lot less than I would have done say when I was living at home Mm -hmm. um and like my mum's a massive massive um you know she loves marine biology she was a diver um, and she loves fish and she eats fish a lot because, mm-hmm. um, it is very healthy for you. Like, and I think a lot of people who are trying to cut out meat,
1: yeah. just
0: go to fish, fish instead. Cause they think, oh, well, you know, fish don't have, fish don't have feelings. So like, it's not yeah. ethical. It's not non-ethical, which is kind of, I would disagree with that. Um, especially if you think of like octopus, um, and then, you know people are like oh well there's it's not as as bad in terms of like climate change because you're you know you don't have all this like methane release and stuff like that um so I think there's a lot of like people justifying the fact that they're still eating fish because it's better than something else mm-hmm. um but honestly, I don't know, I think it's just um it needs to." kind of come into the public eye and there to be a big kind of behavioral shift like we're seeing with like plastics um and like we're seeing with meat yeah um but I think it's yeah people don't really seem to count fish as meat even though it is no
1: they don't like even even in a lot of like things they'll be like oh I eat meat fish and dairy and you're like well meat is fish no okay (laughs) (laughs) seems like a strange thing but yeah I know what you mean but then I've been also reading all the reports of how much plastic is in fish so is it still so healthy for us I don't know I feel like whatever we do it's not good for us in some way or another have you seen the good place there I just love the way they break it down like anything you do in this world has some sort of negative impact on something else just because we are living such an interconnected life um, mm. That you know, our electronics and everything come from all over the world with mines. Who knows where? And it's hard to keep track.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is hard. Um, I think the main thing to do is just one thing at a time. Um, if you're trying to like really, really change your behavior, because it's quite. If, if you change too much at once, like you're never going to stick to it. Mm, um And things like you know, if you if you did something like uh plastic free july or be mm-hmm. January. um there's actually um a little campaign that's um, been started by uh one of my friends um at this organization called city to see along with um someone from the Manta trust uh, simon hillborn um so mm-hmm. it's simon and jasmine tribe they've set up um, fish Free February, um, which carries on very nicely from Veganuary, um, and it's basically you can sign up and pledge um, to not eat fish for one whole month. Um, and I think that's a good starting point, really, to see like really how much fish you do normally eat um, mm-hmm. and what you could eat instead. Um, and doing something for around thirty days—it's quite common—that that will kind of like help develop um, a new habit um so yeah that's something if you're listening to this podcast and you want to kind of start that that would be a good place to start I think
1: oh that's great um definitely make sure to publish this in February so people can get on <laughs> board the fish free February also if you do have any like posts or anything about it send them through so I can add them to the add them to the website but yeah I think we covered a lot of Topics. I think we might have to potentially split this up into two Ocean Today episodes just because there is so much information about fishing. I could talk about octopus all day long. <laughs> so I'm going to have to have you back another day to chat to us about one of um, our favorite creatures. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining us. Um, so much information here and really just shows that the best thing we can do is to decrease decrease our consumption um because yeah every little helps i like
0: to think <laughs> yeah definitely i mean even if you go kind of flexy, um, you're still gonna have a really big impact
1: yeah for sure all right thank you so much and uh, we'll see you next time thank you bye, bye. Thank you guys so much for joining me today for another episode it was great to have rebecca back and you guys message me with any questions you may have ocean podcast at gmail.com as always thank you so much for graham mose for the amazing music that he lets me use which is just fantastic uh, i love hearing from all you guys so make sure to leave us a like subscribe comment all the usual things and yeah shoot me a message if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about see you guys next time